Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Brian Tutel, former co-host of this show, certainly one of the great Rage Against the Machine aficionados and enthusiasts ever. We used to come in every single day to testify by Rage Against the Machine. So uh, Ryan will certainly be involved from time to time going forward, just as he was last football season. So uh, always happy to share the mic, share the studio, share the podcast, whatever with uh, one of my great and oldest friends. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Missed anything in the first hour of the show is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. You can find all of it on the podcast, which is also presented by Blackfoot, as well as the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. Punch in msubookstore.org to do any and all of your shopping from the bookstore, including when you're in the market for some blue and gold. Quick hitters from the Grizz and the Cats who both open fall camp later on this week. Montana tight end Cole Grossman announced on his Instagram that he is uh, out for the upcoming season after having off-season knee surgery. Uh relatively recently, so the timing just didn't work out. That's why he's going to miss the 2023 season. We also talked about the uh, the offensive line there for the Grizz. I think that's going to be interesting. I also think it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Eli Gilman moves, uh, sort of rises up like many expect him to. He was the Minnesota Player of the Year in high school, coming uh, out of the Minneapolis area. The Grizz were able to keep their red shirt on him last year, even though he played in some games and looked great against North Dakota State in the Grizz' final game of the season, uh, playoff loss there in Fargo. But the running back's room has a lot of familiar faces in it as well. Xavier Harris has been good to great when he's been healthy. Nick Osmo has shown great flashes as well. And uh, Isaiah Childs has sort of been uh, waiting his turn. So if Gilman rises up, how does that affect the rest of the the Grizz stable? Uh, That'll be interesting. Hold that thought, though. Actually, let's just talk about that. Andrew, what do you think of that dynamic? Or I guess at this day and age, does it really even matter? Because I think that, you know, there's been this sort of Quarter or running back, excuse me, competition for the Grizz, but also the competition sort of of seems to figure itself out, especially towards the second half of the season, just based on availability. Now that most of these teams are are playing multiple backs, anyways. Yeah, it feels a lot like uh, pitchers in baseball, right? You can never have enough, and we've seen it with the Grizz. Uh, in the last couple of years, it's just it's just going to work itself out organically. I don't really see it as an issue. Uh, you'd like one of those guys to sort of establish themselves as the leader of that group of running backs, but there are going to be plenty of uh, carries, plenty of touches, I think, to go around. I think that, you know, even in college football, the days of a guy having 20 carries a game consistently are are, are pretty much over, and I think that if, uh, you know, a couple of those guys play well in fall camp, certainly there there will be enough uh, touches to go around. The other one with the Cats, we talked about the ride, ride receivers a little bit, but I do think that... Uh, Cleavon Thomas, who's coming back a- a- as a senior, former transfer from Kentucky, 
He's moved to the outside, and I think he'll definitely be one of the main options there on the outside. I think uh, Junior Alexander, the transfer from Washington, will certainly be the number one guy at the H receiver spot. That's an inside receiver spot. I think when Taco Dowler is back healthy, I think he will also be uh, one of the top um, slot options. And I also think that either of those guys might be able to bump out to the outside sometimes as well. But I do think that the, the most intriguing receiver spot for the Cats is at the X receiver they have Christian Anaye, who was a highly recruited guy out of Arizona, who's shown flashes, certainly, during spring ball each of the last two years. Noah Smith is a big-bodied kid out of Texas who was highly recruited as well, but has not really done anything in games, only because he's just now coming off his redshirt year. And then Aiden Garrigan's a walk-on from Texas who uh, was injured during spring, but has certainly uh, made big-time waves as a guy that, uh, you know, out-of-state walk-ons, that's a tough. That's a tough hill to climb, and he certainly has climbed his way onto the depth chart. And if he's back healthy, he could certainly compete for some time there as well. So there's some looks at your position group battles for both Montana uh, and Montana State. Let's talk a little Grizz recruiting because the Grizz did sew up three verbal commitments this last uh, week or so, including one from right here in the city of Missoula, Missoula Sentinel tight end Danny Sermon who has a long uh, family lineage in the world of football in general. Uh, he committed to, he's, he's a Missoula Sentinel senior. Uh, he committed to the Grizz uh, just, I think, last night, actually. Last year, Sermon had uh, 15 catches for 204 yards. He chooses the Grizz over offers from Montana State, Idaho, and Northern Colorado, so certainly a, a coveted big sky tight end. The kid's huge. I, I, was, I watched him at Marty Mornoweg's camp. He's all of 6'6", and all of probably 230 or maybe even 235 pounds, and he's still pretty skinny compared to what he could be. So he has a, a huge, huge frame, and I think it's a good get for the Grizz, mostly because you don't want Sentinel guys leaving town for sure, but also because his older brother, Jacob Sermon, started his career at Washington and then actually wanted to come to Montana and there was sort of a logjam at quarterback and just on the roster in general. So there, there wasn't much ability for the Grizz to take Jacob Sermon as a transfer. So he ended up going to Central Michigan. That didn't work out, playing there for, ironically, a Missoula native in Jim McElwain. And then Jacob Sermon matriculates his way to Northern Colorado, where now he'll be a fifth-year senior there for the Bears. So you certainly don't want Danny Sermon, if you're the Grizzlies, you certainly you certainly don't want Sermon leaving Missoula to go play for the rival in the Cats, to go play for the rival in the Vandals, or to go play for a Big Sky Conference uh, team in Northern Colorado, especially when UNC just doesn't quite have the prestige that the Grizzlies have. That's an understatement. But uh, getting Danny Sermon to stay in town, I think it's a good get for for uh, Montana. David Sermon is the uh, the father of Danny and Jacob Sermon. David was a linebacker for the 1995 Grizzlies uh, on the national championship team. There's a ton of sermons. I can't remember who's related to who, but Pete Sermon is is a great uh, football coach. He's an he's a offensive coordinator, I believe, or defensive coordinator, excuse me, I believe at Cal right now. Uh, but he's been all over the place in the NFL and in the SEC, and he's been a lot of different places. Cy Sermon, who I believe is Danny Sermon's cousin, he played for the Grizz recently. And... Uh, then Camden Sermon, I, I don't know if that's Danny's, or excuse me, if that's, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's Danny's cousin or brother, but regardless, he was a Missoula Sentinel star 
who originally committed to Montana and ended up going to Washington as well. So there's a ton of sermons throughout the wide world of college football. So uh, a good family name to be associated with if you're the Grizz. The other two commits for Montana, Brooks Davis, who's a wideout at Heritage High School in Brentwood, California. He'll uh, be a, a class of 2024 20, commit. He's a three-star recruit, and he commits to the Grizz over offers from Air Force, Army, and San Diego. Brooks Davis had 18 catches, 428 yards, and five touchdowns uh, during his junior year last year. And then the third uh, commitment is Owen Tesh, who graduated from Yorba Linda High School in California in the spring. Uh, He originally committed to Division III Chapman, which is a California D3 school, but... uh, that's a non-binding letter of intent. So he got out of it and joins the Grizz, and he'll be in fall camp this week. So he, this is a incoming freshman for the Grizz. Not sure his scholarship status or any of that, but Tesh had 74 tackles for your Belinda High School last fall. Uh, any thoughts on any of these Grizz recruits? Andrew, I know that uh, you've been reporting on these guys on Twitter. Have you got a chance to see any of their films? And, and what do we think of this kid that's going to actually be on the team right now headed into fall camp? Well, that's an interesting situation for sure. It sort of seems like an uncommon one because, as you mentioned, of course, fall camp starting this week, uh, Owen Tesh is a class of 2023 guys, so he'll be he'll be here on campus. Um, sort of a wait and see, as, as it is with all recruiting, but it seems like a, a good weekend for the Grizz. Uh, you know, I know Brooks Davis was in town this weekend, uh, so getting him to commit on a visit big deal and then of course like you mentioned uh danny sermon staying home uh they had one late last week that i don't know if we've mentioned as well brenton hansford the edge rusher Mm -hmm. from uh from Asheville, north carolina so uh the recruiting guys for the grizz staying busy the kid that committed from north carolina used to be in washington though right he was at olympia high okay because i was gonna say the grizz Actually, the Grizz have had two North Carolina guys in the last couple of years, in, in Joe Babros and Justin Ford, but those guys were transfers from different schools. Uh, so it, hard to get a high school kid out of North Carolina if you're Montana. In fact, they don't even recruit there, but he probably had a connect from his Washington days. I'm thinking that's probably it. They they did go to North Carolina for another transfer in this cycle. I'm trying to think of 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 who it was. The tight end? Yeah, Joseph Gresmack. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right, so I, I'm I'm wondering if they're starting to get into that area a little bit, but yeah, Brenton Brenton Hansford uh, is the high school kid they got who is going to play his senior year uh, at Asheville High in North Carolina. But yeah, he's got deep ties to the Pacific Northwest. You want us now? ESPN Radio. A couple other news breaks from around the state of Montana. If you heard the Sports Center there, what a finish to the Montana State Women's Amateur Golf Tournament. Lauren Greeny, who's going to be a sophomore at Montana State. She had a seven-stroke lead going into Saturday. Then she lets it all the way slip away, and she's down two on the back nine. She rallies back and forces a playoff. Then she hooks her drive on hole 18 at Green Meadow all the way onto the 10th fairway. Then she steps up and smashes a 215-yard four-iron just dead within about 10 feet, rolls in an eagle putt for a walk-off victory in the playoffs. What a thrilling finish to the Montana State women's am. Congratulations to Lauren Greenier, MSU sophomore-to-be. The Senior State Men's Amateur Championship is in Missoula this week. They play at Canyon River tomorrow, Ranch Club on Wednesday, and then Larchmont on Thursday. So we'll keep you updated what's going on here in town with the Montana State Senior Amateur. The uh, 
The Class AA American Legion Championship wrapped up last week with the Helena Senators sprinting through the bracket, going undefeated and winning their second AA Legion title in three years. The Class A Championship, it played out over the weekend, and the Belgrade Bandits won their first ever Class A American Legion title. That's surprising because the Bandits have a great program. They're always very competitive. Uh, I, I remember covering them in the state tournament quite a bit when I used to live in Bozeman. So uh, congratulations to them. Colin Delph was the MVP uh, as he pitched a gem against the Laurel Dodgers, and the Bandits beat the Dodgers 4-2 to at Thompson Park to take home the state title. They advanced to the Northwest Class A Regional Tournament, which is in all places, Haver, Montana. Gotta love it. Haver hosts in the regional, and the Belgrade Bandits will represent the state of Montana. The Boulder Arrowhead Big Sky softball team, that's U-12, who we've been uh, talking about and tracking their run. They got all the way to the finals of the Northwest Regional in San Bernardino. They were up 3 nothing, and then they gave up eight runs to Oregon, and they end up losing. So they were one step short. There's never been a uh, softball U-12 in the majors division go to the College World Series from Montana, but we had a Montana softball team from the, the Billings area that was um, just one game away, but still heck of a run for those young people. And then the last news brief for you on the Montana note is Braden Cook, who was the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year in 2022 at Helena Capital, led the Bruins to the AA state title by averaging almost 22 points per game. He played for Carroll College last year and was good, averaged nine points per game as a freshman, and was the top three-point shooter for the Saints, one of the top three-point shooters in the conference, in the Frontier Conference. But today, he declares that he's transferring to Montana Tech. So the volatility of Kurt Paulson's resignation there at Carroll continues. Uh, the resignation lost him. Uh, Royce Robinson, one of the top players in the state, he's ended up going to Montana State. And now Braden Cook, who was the Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, this last year, or I guess two years ago, excuse me, uh, he will transfer within the conference to Montana Tech. So uh, certainly big Frontier Conference news uh, as well. Go on is now ESPN Radio. It's time for our uh, Big Sky Spotlight. It's presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. We had a great text last week, and Rajim Seabrook and I talked about this this week. Or I guess on Friday. We've been talking about conference realignment and, and all of the different dominoes that could fall. If you haven't heard the big news, Colorado is out from the Pac-12. They are headed to the Big 12. So they're the latest in the exodus. We already know USC and UCLA are on their way out to the Big 10. Colorado's out to the Big 12. What's next? How do the dominoes fall? What's the realignment going to look like if there is realignment? I'm, I keep trying to reemphasize that I'm not necessarily lobbying for the Cats and the Grizz to move anywhere. I just think they need to be ready for the movement that's about to happen around them. And if there's a possibility to be in the position to make a move, I do think that would be advantageous, particularly financially, for both Montana and Montana State. But what if nothing happens? This is a great text. If the Cats and the Grizz are the ones that are quote-unquote left in the dust, what does that mean? What is the doomsday scenario 
for Montana's two Division I football programs and Division I athletic departments. I thought about this a lot, and I do. I will totally concede that it is, in certain ways, a matter of perspective. So let's say all this stuff happens and, you know, I get, again, it's all a matter of perspective. What does doomsday mean, right? If you're the Pac-12, the doomsday for the Pac-12 is that the Pac-12 doesn't exist. That most, if not all, of the, the schools take the money and run and join a different conference. I think that's probably way more realistic for schools like Washington and Oregon, maybe Stanford, than it is for schools like Cal. Utah is an interesting one because they're new to the Pac-12, relatively. Arizona, Arizona State, huge institutions, huge student bodies, maybe not necessarily the academic prestige of a Stanford or a Cal, so a little bit more intriguing in terms of conference uh, courtship if, if the conference wants to at least project the facade that they want some sort of academic continuity within this as well. But your worst-case scenario, your doomsday scenario for the Pac-12 is the Pac-12 doesn't exist. And then you have, I would say, six, as, as few as two and maybe as many as six teams looking for new, either a new home or new conference members. So let's say that, and this is what my prediction has been all along, I'm not surprised Colorado's out. I think Utah will follow to the Big 12. I'm not surprised. We already know USC, UCLA are out. I expect Oregon and Washington to follow to the Big 10. So if Utah, Colorado, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are all gone, now you got six left, right? You got Oregon State, Washington State, the two Arizonas, Cal, and Stanford. So let's just say those six exist. Well, now is Cal and Stanford going to want to be in the same conference as Boise State? or as uh, North Texas, or as North Dakota State. I don't know. I don't think NDSU is going to make the jump from the Missouri Valley to the Pac-12, but you never know. But let's say it all fractures, and then the Mountain West goes hunting. Let's say the Pac-12 poaches anywhere between four and six teams from the Mountain West, and then the Mountain West is looking for four to six new members. Now, let's say those new members are the Dakota schools times four, North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota, South Dakota State, Sacramento State, and NAU. The feasibility studies say that all those schools are more ready to move up than the Montana schools because of the way they generate revenue, because of a variety of different factors. The Dakotas obviously don't have the media markets. Sac State and NAU do have bigger media markets. They also have much bigger student bodies. So let's say those six are up to the Mountain West, and now nobody... Uh, now, the, now Montana, Montana State are in, in the Big Sky still, and the Big Sky doesn't have Sacramento State and NAU, but it does have everybody else. That's where I think it's just a matter of perspective. If the Cats and the Grizz are in a Big Sky conference that doesn't have Sac State and NAU, and let's say UC Davis somehow gets out of there too and just goes independent or whatever, I do think the, the big sky in that scenario would actually benefit from shrinking. So maybe you get rid of your affiliate members in Cal Poly and UC Davis. You lose Sac State and NAU. And now you're down to an eight-team conference, which seems much more manageable, especially when it comes to scheduling. But if, if you're in that conference, 
Is that a full-on doomsday scenario? If you're satisfied with not chasing the money, not chasing the glory, not slaying Goliath, not getting over the top against NDSU or South Dakota State, but instead, I mean, if that if that scenario played out, the Missouri Valley would take a huge hit, and then all of a sudden, basically, the, the Big Sky Conference Championship race would also be the national title race. Maybe somebody else like a Delaware or a Northern Iowa, Missouri State, could climb up in there. But now you're, you're the Grizz, and you look around, and, and you, you look at what the landscape of the FCS once looked like with Appalachian State and Georgia Southern and you know, NDSU and, and whatever it might be. And now none of those, James Madison, Sam Houston, none of those, none of those teams are in your division anymore. I actually think that accentuates and accelerates expectations for both Montana and Montana State. If the teams that have been standing in the way for national supremacy are no longer standing in the way, now you have an even higher pressure to win. But I think you're stuck then in this vicious cycle because the revenue disadvantage, the revenue generation disadvantages that Montana and Montana State fully experience are not going to go anywhere, even if their fiercest competition moves on and moves up. So if that scenario plays out, if the Cats and the Grizz are exactly where they're at right now in a further diluted FCS, first of all, this is what it is, if that's the scenario, but then you better absolutely be in the mix for chasing national championships. I don't know. What do you guys think? Text me. If basically it was Montana, Montana State, Idaho, and Weber State versus everybody, like that was that was the t- premier teams in the country, and those teams are competing for the Big Sky title and the top seeds in the playoffs and are the top national championship contenders, but there is no more North Dakota, North Dakota State to go through, what would you think? Would you be stoked because there's less competition in front of your beloved Grizzlies or beloved Bobcats? Would you be disappointed? Would you be ambivalent? What would you think if that was the quote-unquote doomsday scenario? If everything, all the dominoes fall, everything fractures, and Montana, Montana State are still in the same conference without some of the top contenders, what would you think of that? Let us know. 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. You're listening to Nuanas Now here on ESPN Radio. Football season's right around the corner. If you want to watch football pretty much any day of the week, the Silver Slipper will have it on for you. They have 55 TVs to watch all the sports. They also have drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today and see why the Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. TBD coming up. We might have some national sports talk. We might have some more Big Sky Conference talk. We might have Sean Chambers. Andrew's pulling on the cord, so we'll see. Either way, though, we'll keep rolling. Don't change that dial. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? 
Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. One, two, three. That is now on ESPN Radio. Man, that drum lead up. It's just too good. Dave Grohl is just so talented. And Nirvana, man, I wish it would have lasted longer. But maybe that's why we remember it so fondly. Nirvana is now ESPN Radio. Are you passionate about skiing and looking for a career in the ski industry? I know it's about 97 degrees outside right now, but... Lost Trail Ski Area, a family-owned and operated ski hill, is growing and they are hiring. At Lost Trail, you'll be working with awesome people in an amazing place with great benefits. And Lost Trail right now is seeking three dedicated individuals to join their growing lift maintenance and operations team right now, early August. They're going to be hiring this in the next couple days. Training will be provided. These are full-time positions and offer excellent growth potential for anyone looking to advance in a ski industry career. For job description, benefits, and to apply, visit LostTrail.com backslash employment. That's LostTrail.com backslash employment. Do it now because they're uh, hiring pretty soon. I caught up with a couple people from the Big Sky kickoff last Monday, including one of Montana State's outstanding seniors. Coverage of the Big Sky kickoff continues. We were unable, well, I was unable to make it over this year, but Andrew Houghton is on site for us. We'll have stuff Pretty much for the rest of the 2023 year, but exciting to have football back. We're joined now by Montana State senior quarterback, Sean Chambers. Sean, thanks for being with us, man. It's sort of crazy to think that football's already here. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, it definitely is crazy to think that football's here. I remember it was December 20th or December 21st when we played South Dakota State and our season ended and thinking, oh, we got to wait eight months to play football again, but Really, we get to put wait two weeks now to set the pads on and go out there and play. So, kind of surreal to think about. It. It's my last one, and yeah, I'm excited and ready to get going. Well, you being a representative there at the Big Sky kickoff, that's sort of like symbolic of this being your last run. So, I mean, I know it's going to continue to sink in as the next days and weeks and months play out. But have you thought about that yet? I mean, your last season of college football coming up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kind of been thinking about it, trying not to think about it. Totally. It's, kind of, it's one of those things where it's bittersweet, um, probably a little bit more bitter than sweet. Um, so I've been trying to just kind of stay focused and whatnot. Um, I know we do have our last workout on Thursday, and that's going to be that's going to be definitely pretty tough. I mean, I mean, one of those things where wow, I mean, six summers of working out and getting ready for football season is finally just over like that. So, but yeah, I mean, the sweet part of it is it has been six of them and it's been, it's been quite the journey. It's been quite the ride and uh, ready for it to, you know, go out hopefully the right way. 
Sean Chambers joining us here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. You mentioned uh, that when you guys lost to South Dakota State, I, I love that you have the date in your head and everything. So what is, what's changed about the Montana State Bobcats since then, and how motivating was the way last season ended for you guys coming into this year? Yeah, we're bigger, stronger, faster. Um, I think we're a better football team, better football players all around. Um, I think we're smarter. Um, I think we've just, as a group, gotten better and, you know, changed the way we approach things and how we work. Um, we knew that we got outplayed and um, out-physicaled last year against a really good South Dakota State football team, and we knew we didn't want that to happen this year. So we, you know, set our set our goals for the offseason, and we made our priorities, and we, you know, tacked those straight on. And I think we did a good job doing that this offseason. Well, the Montana State football program has continued to gain momentum over the last handful of years, and I, I know your addition last year was a huge part of that. So how do you sort of balance those two factors, though? You, you guys were undefeated in the Big Sky last year, won the Big Sky championship, tied the school record for wins in a season, but also I know fell short of, of what your ultimate goal is. So how do you sort of maintain that that mentality as the, the champions while also still chasing a championship? Well, I think we maintain that, that mentality by saying it's a new season. What we did last year doesn't matter anymore. Um, we got to flip the page and move on. Um, we got a good group of guys that know that and understand that and understand what our, our real goal is. Um, and I think we, you know, do a good job of implementing that every day in workouts and spring ball and practice and reminding people what we're working for. Um, we're not working for a big guy championship. We're working for a a national championship, and when you get that close for a couple of years in a row, guys start to get you know really really hungry, and I think that's the point where we're at right now. Uh, you mentioned bigger, faster, stronger, so that was obviously a huge concentration uh, of this off season. But what what else has motivated you guys, and what have you thought of just sort of the, the total cumulative team effort these last uh, couple months getting ready for the season? Yeah, I guess I mean just just getting that close has been motivating in itself um i think people our our team is kind of just sick of getting that close and you know not not getting to what we want and not actually um acquiring our goal so i think that's just kind of the biggest motivation and i think we do are a really good do a really good job of self-motivating each other and you know um preaching what what we're working for why we're working for it and what it is we're working towards so um i think that's kind of kind of what we do so sean chambers here on nuanas now espn radio coverage of the big sky kickoff out of spokane washington continues all week long and and pretty much for the rest of uh 2023 i know this is going to be a question you're going to be asked a lot this this week and also throughout the season but you guys did such a great job of having multiple quarterbacks ready to go yourself tommy malott and you know when when you guys are both healthy really hard to stop when Tommy went down, you take the reins. Then you get banged up a little bit. He comes back. How big of an advantage do you think that was for you guys last year? And how are you guys able to, to both stay ready and, and both have such a huge role on the team? Well, I mean, yeah, definitely a huge advantage for both of us. Um, I mean, we're, uh, I think we've got the best quarterback room in the nation, to, to be um, frank with you. But... I think it's just, you know, a testament to Coach Vegan and Coach Housewright for getting us ready during practice and, um, you know, really, really preaching that the, the next man up mentality. Um, they do a good job of coaching to our strengths and calling plays to our strengths. And um, when I went, oh, when Tommy went down, they did a good job of, you know, doing things that 
I was comfortable with. And when um, Tommy went down, or when I went down and Tommy played, um, they did a good job of letting Tommy do his thing and um, work out there. So uh, definitely just a testament to those two guys and uh, the rest of the coaching staff were just kind of knowing what we can do and knowing how we can do it and um, getting it done for us. I also was so impressed with the young quarterbacks during spring. For those that haven't gotten a chance to watch, uh, Jordan Reed, Chance Wilson, both very good, very, very talented young men. So what have you thought of uh, a couple of the upstarts? How do you think they're coming along? Oh, I'm excited for those guys. Uh, Those guys are, uh, I bet you Tommy would even tell you himself, those guys are probably way more talented than we were when we were freshmen. Um, But they have a huge feeling in – so much potential to grow and get better and, you know, really take control of this offense one day. But those guys are going to be, uh, those guys are going to be great. Uh, Jordan Reed probably has the best arm talent in the big sky right now um, that, that nobody uh, knows about, quite frankly. But, and Chance can, can run with the best of them. So those two guys are going to have a, you know, a great career. And those guys are um, super, super, super talented. And I'm excited to watch them one day. Some quick hitters for you for a couple of the features we're doing for Skyline Sports is sort of about the, the state of the league. And one thing I find fascinating is that the you guys have such a great offensive line with so many great players coming back. But that's also a theme across the league. And I think a part of that is just the fact that a lot of guys got an extra year or two to, to sort of physically develop and get bigger and stronger. So uh, I guess to start with your guys' offensive line, how big of an advantage is it for you guys? And, and what do you think of just that group you have coming up uh, coming back up front? Yeah, it definitely is a big advantage for us coming uh, for us to have that group coming back. Um, not just because they've gotten better football or at football, but you know they've gotten closer. Um, so it's another year of them playing together, growing together, and um, becoming a cohesive unit together. Um, so it's definitely a really big advantage. That, you know they had a great, phenomenal year last year, but they knew that they wanted to get better, and they, you know they set their set their sights on that. And I think they achieved that. You know, so I think it's going to come to fruition here in the fall for them and they're going to be even more dominant than last year and sort of a common storyline around football is is just running backs in general but also sort of this gravitation towards people running uh, running systems that that have a ton of different ball carriers you guys are sort of on the front end of that yet so many different ball carriers last year so um, i mean i know isaiah fonse leaving was one of the stories of the offseason but you guys i mean you guys set a school record for rushing yards with Afonso not even playing during the regular season. So um, how do you sort of evaluate the depth you guys have in the backfield? Yeah, I think Coach Vegan, you know, when he brought over the idea of double repping from Wyoming, um, I think that created a, a new level of, of adding depth. You know, um, what we do in practice is hard, but it's, it's worth it for moments like that in the season where you lose a couple guys or lose a couple running backs and, you know, you can plug in another guy back there. But I also think that it's the O-line, too. The uh, You know, the O-line did a great job of moving people off the ball and creating, you know, um, wide enough holes for our running backs to get through. And, you know, you know, the ball carriers still got to do what the ball carriers do. It's not, it's not just as easy as running through a hole and, you know, falling forward and scoring a touchdown. So I think it was, you know, the combination of those three things, you know, the ball carriers running hard and running smart, the O-line, you know, being – being them and doing what they do, and you know, Coach Began, Coach Began's double repping, um, creating depth. So, I think those three things, you know, really played a part in um, having success on the ground last year, or anybody having success on the ground last year. Sean Chambers, 
Montana State senior quarterback here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, last thing for you, Sean, expectations for you guys this year. I mean, I think you pretty much laid it out, but it seems pretty pretty cut and dry, pretty clear. You guys want to finish with the last as the last team standing. How do you embrace that? How do you how do you get there? Yeah, I mean, we want to climb the mountain definitely, but how we get there is one game at a time, take one step at a time. Um, we don't look forward, and we, you know, control what we can control. Um, our strength coach does a good job of it, implementing our 20-square-feet rule, um, which is, you know, worrying about uh, controlling your own 20-square-feet and and moving forward that way. So I think, you know, just taking one game at a time, one week at a time, one step at a time, and doing what we're supposed to do and taking care of our business, and I think we'll be able to accomplish what we want to. Well, so excited for football season, so excited to cover football across the Big Sky Conference, and uh, so excited to check you guys out uh, in Bozeman. September 2nd, the Bobcats open their season uh, under the Bobcat Stadium lights. Gold Rush there uh, in Bobcat Stadium. So we will uh, we'll be on hand for that one. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Sean, enjoy yourself this week. I know that it's uh, sort of an anniversary of an end, but uh, great honor for you, and uh, we're proud of you. Thanks so much for taking some time for us this, uh, today, and uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. One of the great what-ifs of last season was what if Sean Chambers would have been healthy for Montana State's semifinal game against South Dakota State. The Bobcats ran into a brick wall. They got they got pretty well physically dominated on both sides by the Jackrabbits, and then the Jackrabbits went and put an exclamation point on it, did the same thing to North Dakota State, won their first national championship ever in longtime head coach John Stiglmeyer's last season at the helm. But the reason it's such a big what if is, I guess, multiple reasons. First of all, Sean Chambers is one of the great offensive weapons in the conference. He's certainly the biggest of the running quarterbacks, the most powerful. There's no question about that. The guy's 6'3, 245. He's a battering ram, short yardage situations. He also can spin it pretty darn good. But more than anything, in that SDSU game, Tommy Malott was banged up again. That was sort of the season, the story of the season last year for Malott. And then he, he, he got hurt in that game, but they had to just keep him in because they didn't have a reliable backup to go to. And Malat certainly fought through it. But in the snowy, frigid conditions of Brookings, having a, a big, strong, sure ball carrier certainly could have uh, helped Montana State for sure. But we'll never know because Sean Chambers was out. But if he can be back healthy and they can truly have two quarterbacks uh, for the playoff run, they certainly could be back in that national championship contention and that final four position. Uh, once again, Bobcats have been in the final four three years in a row and uh, looking to get back there uh, another time. So our Big Sky Spotlight is presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Dave's one of the most successful litigators in the entire state of Montana. If you have any issues, personal injury, criminal defense, or DUI, visit Big Sky Defender. Let you know what's going on the rest of the week, at least as far as we know. That's next. Keep it right here. Go on is now ESPN Radio. Somehow missed Jimmy Eat World here in Missoula. <laughs> All my favorite high school bands coming back 20 years too late. 
Although I would definitely still see Three Doors Down. And I mean, I'm not opposed to seeing any sort of live music. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for rolling with us here on this Monday. If you missed anything in the show, all sorts of Big Sky Conference football talk. Pretty much stem to stern. We had the Montana Football Hour. Position battles to watch, both the Cats and the Grizz. Incoming recruits for the Grizz. They had uh, a variety of incoming guys this last uh, couple weeks. And uh, we also talked about what is doomsday if the conference sort of collapses around, I guess if the, the, the Western conferences in Division One sort of collapse or, or are ever shifting, where does Montana, Montana State fall? And we also heard from Sean Chambers, Montana State quarterback. Sound bites as well from A.J. Forbes of the University of Montana, as well as Darian Sampson and Efton Chisholm of Eastern Washington. All of that on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore. We'll probably flesh this out a little more, but uh, Andrew, you saw one of the great knockouts of all time over the weekend in Salt Lake City. Oh, we got Paddleheads tickets, of course. Text us right now. You want Paddleheads tickets? 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Tickets to Wednesday's game. Text us. 888-1029, and we'll select one lucky winner, two tickets to Wednesday night's Missoula Paddleheads game against the Great Falls Voyagers. Andrew was there to see the uh, one of the great and most hyped main events in a while in the UFC at UFC 291 in Salt Lake City. Justin Gaethje with a uh, roundhouse to remember to the side of the head of Dustin Poirier, knocked him out cold, and uh, just early in the second round, and it was one of the swiftest most vicious and cleanest knockouts I've ever seen. As somebody that watches fighting all the time, that's saying something. What was it like watching that from the stands? Well, you know, when you buy tickets for uh, a fight like that between those two guys, you know that you're getting the moment at some point. Uh, in the first Poirier-Gacy fight, went to the first round or went to the fourth round uh, when Dustin Poirier. Uh, lands a, a counter left hand to Justin Gaethje's head and eventually follows him up for the knockout. You knew you were getting a spectacular moment like that uh, between two guys who are that dynamic uh, in the octagon. When it happens, you just you lose your mind. For sure. We had been building up for this for for since we got the tickets, making the travel plans, driving down to Salt Lake that entire weekend build up to Saturday night, the rest of the card, even though it had uh, so many great moments in and of itself, building up to the moment that we all knew was going to come in that Poirier-Gaethje fight, when it finally hits, it's just, man, it's just such a pure rush, and you, you lose your mind, you forget where you are, you're standing, you're screaming, 20,000 other people all next to you are also standing and screaming, you don't know what you're screaming. Uh, you're you're just like you're you're letting yourself go a little bit. I always say this. It's a line I stole from Max Kellerman. But I, uh, you know, fighting is everybody's favorite sport. I know that that's not necessarily true in premise. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is that if there's a, a prize fight or if there's any sort of fight going on, you're almost certainly going to stop and watch, even if it's in horror or disgust or surprise or thrill or, or whatever. So uh, that's why, though, these electric late-night main events, there's, there's an element of surprise that is unrivaled in any sport. 
walk-off home runs and buzzer beaters and Hail Marys and game-winning field goals and penalty kicks and all of it, none of it compares to a title fight knockout because everybody in the stands is utterly stunned. And you might be devastated because you bet on the other guy or you might be thrilled because you were going for this guy. But no matter what, the cumulative shared shock is is what's amazing. I, I was watching this in the basement all by myself. And I was running around screaming, "What just happened? Oh my God! I'm not even. I'm not even talking to anybody. I'm completely talking to myself." And it was still. I couldn't imagine being around. How many people were there? Probably twelve thousand in the at the Delta Center. A full sellout. So whatever the capacity oh, is, the now than, renamed than, uh, Delta Center there in Salt Lake City. Yeah, completely, uh, completely packed. Yeah, I mean it. it uh, yeah, eighteen thousand. So yeah. I mean, you're talking, you know, a good sized football game. So uh, pretty darn cool. Those guys now, though, they got to run it back, right? I mean, Dustin Poirier and, and Justin Gaethje, they had not fought for five years. The first one was an awesome fight. I couldn't believe it had been five years. Right? It wasn't that a trip? Because I totally remember the first time they fought, too. Uh, but those guys, I mean, I, I just can't believe how, how stacked that weight division is. Watching those two guys fight, they're the third and fourth ranked guys in those divisions, in that division. I couldn't help but think, man, I can't believe there's two guys ahead of these guys. But Gaethje has to at least be inside track to a title shot now, right? That, I think, will be the, the next move uh, is is Justin Gaethje. Um, he's got to be next up for the title shot in the lightweight division. Yeah, we might see Poirier Gaethje again somewhere down the line because, you know, for, for as shocking uh, and as swift and as violent as that knockout was on Saturday, Dustin Poirier... He's not going to fall too far down the rankings. For sure. He, he's the guy who's always going to get those big fights because he's he's all action. He's really entertaining. The fans love him. Uh, he's he's a guy who's he's going to have to go down the rankings a little bit, but he's a guy who's going to be right back in that title picture, you know, maybe with one more win. And, and Gaethje, it seems like, is also uh, going to be up there pretty consistently now. I thought it was such a classy uh, post-match interview by Justin Gaethje as well. He... He fully said, he said, I'm as confident as I've ever been. I truly believe I'm the best fighter in the world. But also, in the octagon, there's an element of luck. You, you might just get it. You, you might just, the, the block falls in the side. I mean, it was a great kick. But also, he caught Poye off balance. It was perfect. I mean, there is a certain element of chance to that as well. And I think he acknowledged that, which means if and when he becomes the champ, I wouldn't be surprised if he gives Poye a, a, a title shot. It's not like boxing. It's not like boxing where you can protect your undefeated record. Right. You step in the octagon, Man. Th- things happen. That's right. I mean, it, it, it can happen at any second, as it did on Saturday. All football all the time coming at you. we got plenty of NFL tomorrow. We will also continue our Big Sky Conference discussions, and we'll have a bunch of high school preview stuff as well. Jam-packed Duana is now all week long. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to 102.9 ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple. Basketball games back home. 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but... um. You know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time.